0: Today is July 29th, 2022. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name's Juan, and we're back at it with the weekly podcast. We're back at it, talking boxing. Took a little break, and then I did the one-year anniversary edition, which is available in the archives. That is a preview of the Canelo Alvarez versus Triple G Part 3, which will take place September 17th. Plenty of time before that fight. Plenty of time to listen to that podcast and review the first two fights like I did Scored them round by round. So check that out if that's something you're interested in. But this week is all about Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia is returning to the ring for the first time since December of 2020. When he lost the unanimous decision to Earl Spence Jr. at Welterweight. This will be Danny Garcia's first fight at Super Welter. The 154 pound division. A loaded division. We'll see how Danny looks in that new weight. I mean... Danny has had an extremely successful career. He's a ticket mover. He's a guy that fans love to come out and support. He is fighting at the Barclays Center, a place that he's sold out many times. He held the previous gate record alongside of Keith Thurman as recently as two months ago before Javante Davis and Rolly Romero broke that record. So Danny Garcia should pack the house out again. He is fighting Jose Benavidez, brother of David Benavidez, very tough fighter, a guy who's been through a lot, a guy who's actually been shot in his leg and returned to the ring on short notice, really. Well, not short notice, but there wasn't much time after being shot that he stepped in the ring with Terrence Crawford, which is just insane to think about. Um, He actually lasted up until the 12th round before getting stopped. It was a good fight. Uh, Terrence Crawford was the clear winner, but Benavidez showed the heart and determination to even fight through what was clearly an ailment. His leg did not look 100% because it wasn't. After that, Benavidez took a long time off, recently returned to the ring on his brother's undercard and did not look the same, did not look very good. But I attribute that to ring rust more than anything. So we'll see how he returned... We'll see how he looks against Danny Garcia. He ended up getting a draw in his last fight. And that was a generous decision, if we're being honest. So it's hard to tell what kind of Benavides we're going to get. Both guys moving up to 154. So we'll see how the weight affects each guy. Danny Garcia is known for coming forward and countering with left hooks. He throws a good right hook as well. But his left hook is his bread and butter. I want to see... How that looks at 154. Is it going to be as fast? Is it going to have as much pop as it did at 147 and 140? Because Danny Garcia was one of the best fighters at 140. He then moved up to 47. And while he was still a very good fighter, a very competitive fighter, he was not elite. He didn't have any elite victories at 47. I believe his best victories at 47 were to an older Robert Guerrero, and a washed-up Paulie Malignaggi. And that's taken nothing away from Danny. He was very competitive in his losses. Besides the Earl Spence fight, he was very competitive against Sean Porter. That's a fight that could have gone either way. He was very competitive against Keith Thurman, a fight that Keith Thurman dominated the first half, and Danny Garcia did extremely well in the second half and made it a very close fight. I believe it was a split decision. It was extremely close. So Danny Garcia is a guy, and I don't think he's ever been down either. So he's a guy who has been in tough with good with good competition. Um, didn't necessarily get the victories over those guys, losing to Earl Spence, Keith Thurman, and Sean Porter. So we'll see if 54 is the right move. 54 is no easy division. So it's not going to be easy for Danny to get a championship at that level. Um, Jose Benavides is a tough fighter. He definitely has heart. Like I mentioned earlier, he comes forward as well. Um, He used to be more of a mover. I think obviously getting shot in your leg is going to affect that. He looked pretty stationary against Terrence Crawford. His last fight, he wasn't moving great as well. So it's going to be, it's really tough to predict this fight because there's so much unknown here. But I will say, I think it's going to be an entertaining fight. Both guys have an entertaining style. We just don't know what's left in Benavidez. I can't confidently pick Benavidez. His best path to victory would be to revert to his old ways, and that's moving around if his leg can can hold up. I'm sure his leg isn't still injured, but I don't think it'll ever be the same. It's one of those things, I mean, I've never been shot in my leg, but I would imagine it has lingering effects. So if he can revert to his old ways and jab and move, he has a good chance against Danny. But if he's going to sit there and trade, I don't see any way that he's going to withstand those hooks from Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia isn't a big jabber. He's trying to counter with big shots. Power punches. He actually matched, and he pointed this out, he actually matched Earl Spence in power punches in their bout. So Danny's going to be throwing bombs in there. It's going to be fireworks. I think the winner here is in great position because the winner can sit back and look at a loaded division that has the likes of Jermell Charlo. Brian Castaño, Tim Zhu, Tony Harrison, Sebastian Fondora, Erickson Lubin. Like there's so many options there and they're all under that PBC banner that the winner will be in extremely good position to make tons of money and get in line to get a shot at the king who is Jamel Charlo, especially Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia, he, we already mentioned, he's, he sells a lot of tickets. He's a big cash cow. So if he can look impressive at his debut at 154, that's only great news for the 154-pound division. Like, if you have another guy who not only is good, but has the drawing power that can really almost surpass everyone in that division except for Jamel, then you'll have guys lining up because they're going to be lining up for that payday, not just to fight Danny Garcia, but they say, okay, that may be a risk, this guy's a good puncher, but he comes with the backing, the money behind him that will intrigue a lot of these guys. I'm sure Sebastian Pandora would love to fight him. I'm sure Ericsson Lubin would love to fight Danny Garcia. So if Danny wins, I think it's better for the division. But don't sleep on Benavidez. We just don't know how he's going to look. He did not look good in his last fight. The undercard is something also that you want to pay attention to. You have Francis Bartholomew challenging one of the best young fighters in the sport, Gary Antoine Russell. This is a fight that you don't want to miss. Gary Antoine Russell is one of the most exciting fighters in the division. That is the 140-pound division, a division that is becoming loaded. The more time goes on, the better that division gets. Ryan Garcia said he's going to continue to fight at 140. Tiafimo Lopez is going to debut at 140 in August. Um, Tank Davis has fought at that division once before. Devin Haney has alluded to not being able to make 135 for much longer after the Cambosis fight, he probably will be looking at 140. You obviously have Josh Taylor who holds multiple belts in that division. Gary Antoine Russell is right in that mix. And I don't see many guys lining up to fight him. But Ranthus Bartholomew is a good fighter. He, is, he has the type of style that can make fighters look ordinary. He likes to move. He likes to dance around. He likes to get in your head. He likes to taunt a little bit. He is going to be there to spoil... Um, Gary Antoine Russell's party. He only has one loss. And I don't even know. Curl Relic is his only loss. I'm not really familiar with that guy. He has a draw with Robert Easter. He's just a tough out. He beat Mickey Bay. He beat Antonio DeMarco. Like, Bartholomew is a legit fighter. Gary Antoine Russell needs to be on his A-game. And I think he will. He's a southpaw with big power. That straight left is vicious. He throws good uppercuts. Left hand to the body is tough. Gary Antoine Russell is a problem, and I don't see guys just walking through him. So Bartholomew better be on his A game as well because because Barth- Russell is throwing bombs. That's for sure. That's a guy you do not want to miss. Gary Antoine Russell is the real deal, and I expect him to steal the show. I expect him to get a stoppage in eight rounds or less. It's going to be tough, though. Bartholomew does move around. He will try and stink out the joint, make it a boring fight but I don't think Gary Antoine Russell is going to allow that. Also on the card, you have a heavyweight bout, Adam Kownacki against Ali Aaron Demarezin. Excuse the pronunciation. I don't know much about this Ali Demarezin guy. I was actually shocked to find out he's the favorite. Not to say Kownacki's some big-time tough fighter, but Kownacki is like the company man, if you will. He's always on these PBC cards, usually on Fox um, he's an action fighter, comes straight forward, likes to grab and hold and punch at the same time. He's a brawler. So this should be exciting. I don't know, like I said, I don't know too much about Demareason or Demarisen, whatever you say, however you say his name. I'm sure I'm going to get called out for butchering his name. But anyway, I don't know much about the guy. Kaunaki, I know, is a brawler. So expect a brawl. Expect action in this fight. I'm actually going to take Kaunaki. He's an underdog here. Maybe they know something I don't. This guy, the other guy is a Turkish heavyweight. So he could be great for all I know. But he does have one loss. Doesn't have too many knockouts. I expect Kanaki to come in motivated. He's on a big card. He's in Brooklyn where he's fought many times. He needs this victory to get back in the mix at heavyweight. Top 15 type area. So I expect him to win. That's it for Showtime Boxing. Um, it's really, it's not one of those huge cards. But it's something that should be fun. These these Showtime triple headers usually deliver. It's very rare when they don't. Literally in the last year and a half, I can only think of one that didn't deliver, and that was the stinker between John Riel Casemiro and Guillermo Rigindau. That fight was atrocious. Other than that, all of these showtime triple headers in the last year and a half to two years have delivered. So I don't expect this one to be any different. The main event should have action. Gary Russell Jr. will bring action. I mean, Gary Russell Jr., excuse me. Gary Antoine Russell, the brother of Gary Russell Jr., will bring action. And Kaunaki doesn't know how to do anything besides brawl. So there's going to be fireworks in Brooklyn. Check it out on Showtime. I believe the card begins at 9 p.m. Do not miss this card. This is a fun one. Real quick, I want to talk about, because it's been a little while since I did the podcast on a weekly basis. Took a little vacation. Things getting hectic here in the summer. The grind never stops. So I want to just touch on a few fighters that fought in the last few weeks I didn't really get a chance to discuss with you people. That is, number one, Bam Rodriguez. What an amazing performance he pulled off against Soriskit Sorungvisai. That was next-level stuff. He is going to be on the Triple G Canelo undercard. This guy is taking the sport by storm. He has already fought twice this year in impressive fashion, one winning the title on short notice and then defending it against the hardest puncher in the division. That is greatness. This kid, the youngest champion in the sport, is something you have to see. He is he is something you can't miss. If you're a fan of boxing, pay attention to Bam Rodriguez because it may be too late to buy stock on him already. That is how fast... This kid is rising. He has everything in the game. He has power. He has patience. He has footwork. His timing. His maturity. He is just the real deal in every way. And he's going to be on that pound for pound list sooner than later. Pay attention to Bam Rodriguez. Another guy I want to mention. Ryan Garcia. Social media sensation. Guy is getting all these views. All these... Likes all these shares on social media. He's been talking trash for years. About Tank Davis. About Tia Fimo, About anyone you can imagine. And his, ta- his fights really haven't been matching his talk. Well that is starting to change slowly. He had the win against Luke Campbell. Then he had a lot of time off. Came back. Had an underwhelming bout against an opponent that no one really knows. And then. He just had a fight against Javier Fortuna. Fortuna is a rugged southpaw who has been in many wars. And Ryan Garcia treated him like nothing. Walked through him. Yes, Fortuna didn't look the same. Yes, Fortuna came in overweight. But Ryan Garcia really looked good. His hand speed is something that we always mention. One of the best in the sport. And I'm talking about blinding speed. Literally, even watching it on slow motion, you may miss the left hook he lands. Devastating left hook, one of the best left hooks in the sport. Not a huge fan of the kid, but I have to admit, one of the best left hooks in the sport. Fastest hands, arguably, in the sport. And he's starting to develop the right hand. The right hand always seems underdeveloped with Ryan Garcia. It seems like he doesn't really hurt guys with it, doesn't even throw it correctly, like when he was hitting the heavy bag. It just looks really awkward, but it's starting to get better. He used it a little bit more in the Fortuna fight. And another thing, he's going against Southpaws. He's going against Fortuna. He went against Campbell. So whether we believe him or not, it appears as if he's getting ready for Gervonta Davis. Whether that fight is next or not, he's definitely taking the steps to at least prepare for that Southpaw stance that Gervonta is going to throw at him. Do I think the fight is next? I really don't know. It's really hard to say because Oscar De La Hoya, and Leonard Ellerby of Mayweather Promotions seem like they're on totally different pages. Oscar De La Hoya is being very disrespectful about not only Ellerby but Al Heyman, who is the advisor of Javante Davis, who runs PPC. Like, you have to come to the table respectfully if you're going to make a deal. Nobody wants to make a deal with someone that's being disrespectful, calling them out, saying that they're lying about pay-per-view numbers. Like, come on, man. If you really want to make the fight happen... You have to be business-minded, and you don't come into it with a personal agenda. Oscar De La Hoya, while I agree, he made some great points saying how big the fight's going to be, saying how if him and Mayweather are part of the promotion and part of the press conferences, this event could be the biggest fight in the sport. I agree. It absolutely could be. It has that potential. Two stars backed by Hall of Fame stars. So you've got four guys that all move the needle. That all have legitimate status in this sport. Promoting it. This is going to be box office. But Oscar. You can't go there and call guys like Al Heyman or Leonard LB liars. When those are the guys you need to talk to to make the fight happen. That is counterproductive. What are you doing? Shut your mouth. Even if you feel they're lying. Why are you telling the public that? What do you have to gain from that? If you really want to make the fight happen. Call Floyd. Or call Al Heyman and make the fight happen. Why are you ranting on social media? Are you taking that much cocaine where you can't control yourself for five minutes? If we need, if they're going to make this fight happen, it needs to be done behind closed doors. I'm tired of hearing announcements. Oh, this fight is close. This fight's close. We hear it about the Earl Spence-Terrence Crawford fight a million times. Mike Carpenter of ESPN will report, oh, the talks are close they're nearing a deal I don't want to hear that about this fight or about the Spence Crawford fight tell me when the fight is made I do not care about what's close and what's not we don't want to hear that us fans do not want to hear when a fight is close we want to hear when a fight is made tell us the date tell us the venue tell us the time it begins and we'll be there we'll tune in we don't care about negotiations So make it happen behind closed doors, Oscar. Call Al Heyman. Make this fight happen because this fight between Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis will sell over a million pay-per-views. I guarantee you. Both guys have tremendous fan bases, and they're different. If you were at the Javante Davis fight, you noticed the crowd was raucous. If you were at the Ryan Ryan Garcia fight on television, it was packed. But it didn't seem as raucous, but it was packed. These guys are showing up to watch Ryan Garcia. He's getting over a million dollar gate. Bringing in a million dollars in ticket sales is very hard to do. Only about five or six fighters can do that. And Ryan Garcia is one of them. The difference is Tank Davis is bringing in like three, four million in ticket sales. So there is a difference in star power, but the fact is they're both stars. So the when two stars come together, you know. That it's going to be a blockbuster event. I just can't wait for it to happen. I hope they make it happen. Stop insulting each other and just make it happen. That's all I can say about that. Also, I want to talk about Artur BF. I haven't talked about him. His destruction of Joe Smith Jr. was impressive. This guy came in in the first round and was doing something that I hadn't seen him do ever in any of his fights. Yes, we know the knockout power is there. He's knocked out every opponent he's ever fought. The knockout power was never in question. What was in question was what else can he do? And he showed it in one round against Joe Smith Jr. That's all I needed to see. Because he came out the gate very aware of Joe Smith's style. Very aware of what Joe Smith was trying to do. Joe Smith's a come-forward fighter. High volume. High pressure. And he's trying to land big shots. Better Biev was aware of this and was on his toes moving circular. Moving laterally. Moving all around that ring To make, to one, make Joe Smith work, and two, avoid his shots. That isn't something he's done in any other fight. Usually he's coming forward, he's saying, whatever you have, it don't matter. I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to break you down. You're not going to be able to take it. With Joe Smith, he was more cautious, and it paid off, and it was even quicker knockout than anyone could have predicted. It ended in the second round, because he moved around, he made Joe Smith miss, and he countered with big shots. If he's going to do that, are there better Biev, the sky's the limit. We got to see him in, in Bivol. That's going to be an impressive matchup, uh, incredible matchup between two different styles, the boxer and Bivol and the puncher and better Biev, but better Biev is showing that he can actually box and move more than people thought. His legs are much better than I ever imagined. So that is a fight that's very high on my list of must-see fights when it can get made. Hopefully it can get made early next year. looks like it's not going to happen this year. Both guys seem to have something lined up. Beevil looks like he's going to fight Gilberto Ramirez, a.k.a. Zerto. This guy's like 44-0. Big puncher as well. That's a great matchup. And better Biev seems to be lined up to fight with um, Anthony Yard. And that is another banger. Yard is a come-forward hooker non-stop action guy. I think that's going to be fireworks as well. So if those two fights happen and then we get better Biev and Beevil next year, I'm perfectly fine with that because the light heavyweight division does have about six really good fighters that can all mix and match. And I'm here for it. Good time for that division. That about wraps it up for this week. Tune in next week. I will have a preview. We have Jake Paul versus Hasim Rockman Jr. And we also have Virgil Ortiz versus Mike McKinson on the same night, one on Showtime, one on his So there's plenty of action ahead. I will be back more frequently. Um, that few weeks off was just a little break mentally, and there was also a little break in the action. It, it kind of slowed down a little bit, but things are going to start heating up, um, literally and figuratively. I will be back with a wrestling edition, pro wrestling edition, right after this one. Also, go back and check out the Triple G vs Canelo three preview that is in the archives. That is the last episode I posted. Thank you guys for the support, and don't forget to watch Danny Garcia versus Jose Benavidez 9 p.m. Eastern on Showtime, Saturday, July 30th. I'm out.